Before we dive into today's episode, I want to take a moment to give a shout out to our amazing sponsor, Tamron Americas, one of the leading manufacturers of high-performing lenses specially designed to cater to every photographer's unique needs. They have an impressive range of lenses available for Sony, Nikon, and Fujifilm mirrorless cameras, as well as Canon and Nikon DSLR mounts. Their commitment to delivering exceptional quality, performance, and value is truly commendable. Some of you may be wondering what Tamron lenses I have in my bag. I have the 24 to 70 millimeter high speed standard zoom lens, a personal favorite, the 100 to 400 millimeter ultra telephoto zoom, a 150 to 600 millimeter ultra telephoto zoom, a 18 to 400 millimeter all in one zoom, and a 28 to 75 millimeter standard zoom lens. Whether you're a seasoned professional or a passionate hobbyist, Tamron camera lenses are designed to exceed your expectations, and you can trust them to deliver cutting edge technology and superior craftsmanship. To explore their impressive lineup of lenses and discover the perfect match for your camera, head over to their website, which you can find in the episode description. Alternatively, you can visit your nearest photo retailer for a hands-on experience with Tamron lenses. Welcome back to another episode of the Photographer Mindset Podcast. I'm your co-host, Seth Macy. And I'm your co-host, Aaron Manis. And I brought on a guest for us today, didn't I? You did. You brought on Evans. Uh, yeah. You met him in Montreal at a convention for Tamron mm-hmm. uh, a few months back. And he was just in Sedona with you as well. An amazing portrait photographer. Yeah, specializing in sports and fitness and definitely a student and... Should I go as far as to say master? He'll say, no, no, no. But definitely has a good understanding, clearly, of how to light scenes. We talk a bit about that. We talk a lot about, um, I guess, living your truth, which is a common theme throughout this podcast. Um, he mentions how he left his job to pursue what he felt was right for him and how it would uh, you know, set a positive example for his daughter and honor his mother, which I thought was, was really heartfelt um, and... Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. What else should people listen out for in this one? Yeah, I mean, I I come into these episodes sometimes you don't know the guests and you leave in, invigorated, energized, and like pleasantly surprised with the knowledge and the the conversation. This was one of those ones where I left away feeling like, wow, a lot of great points. Uh, what a mm-hmm. cool guy! Um, just just an incredible artist and person. So I, I was impressed. I think everyone's going to really like this one. All right, let's go. Evans, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Yourself? Thanks for coming on the show, man. I first met you when we did the uh, the photo expo in Brassard. My French was lacking. Evans here helped me out a lot when I was trying to mingle with some of the uh, expo goers. I learned yeah. "Je suis désolé, mon français n'est pas super." I'm sorry, yeah. my French my French is not super. That's pretty that good, was, actually. That was oh, pretty thank good. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> Met there, and then obviously, Aaron, I was talking about in our last episode, just got back from Sedona, which you were jealous about. I know you don't want to hear it anymore, but uh, we reconnected out there in the desert. It was a really quick 48 hours, uh, lots going on, shooting lots of Red Rocks. They brought models out to the uh, to the desert. Even as I think you were busy you know, working the lighting like you clearly know how to do. We're going to talk about that today. But uh, just first and foremost, thanks for coming on the show and agreeing uh, to offer up your time because that's the most valuable thing we have, right? That's right. That's right. It's the essence of our work, basically. That's right. That's right. Well, why don't we just start off um, plain and simple, your journey as a photographer, how long you've been doing this, how you got to where you you are today. I'm sure it hasn't been uh, 
Rainbow Road. I'm sure there's been bumps along the way and maybe how you developed the passion for uh, for your camera, videography, photography, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so it's a long story, but not long in a sense. It's just I started basically back when I was in university. Um, I was I, I was studying to be an accountant and I still am an accountant, but I move away from it. I'll explain. So I uh, had a friend that was in music videos. Uh, he needed help basically selling, organizing, being a production manager. And uh, me being a kind of organized person, I decided to help him. And I, we produced together about 120 music videos. Wow. Uh, mainly in our area uh, from all like a lot of French artists because that's what we sell the most here. Uh, after uh, doing all these videos, he decided to move his career to L.A., uh, leaving me hanging, basically. <laughs> uh, he had to move on and in order to grow. And I had I, I was staying here and I was practicing my CPA career. Uh, along the way, I decided, you know what? I'm not doing much right now. Let me pick up a camera for fun and let's see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, I got I got bitten. Uh, starting in 20, maybe 12 with a camera. Went traveling, took up took some pictures, played mm-hmm. play with grading, played with Photoshop. Uh, afterwards, uh, after all of that, I said, well, let, let me take it serious. I have some ideas I want to try. So I um, produced my phone, own first work, uh, which was a ballerina dancing. It was pretty cool. I, I liked the results. And because of all the exposure I had to music videos, it was kind of easy to me to get right. put together. And then uh, I did that maybe as a part-time like weekend warrior really hard for uh, five years. So basically from 2015 until uh, 2020. I was just shooting weekends, nights, whenever I could for fun. Some little contracts here and there, but nothing too serious. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, practicing as, as a CPA at the same time. After 2020, October, uh, I was in my computer uh, looking at my Excel spreadsheet. It's It was maybe, it was October, so maybe uh, seven months during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I was in Excel seven hours a day. I wasn't doing anything creative. I had my... Uh, my barely one-year-old daughter uh, to take care of while making a full job. My wife also works as a consultant, so we were both crazy busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hate, I hated breaking points because I can't do this anymore. Uh, if mm-hmm. I'm not living the life or the creative life I know I can live, I'm not going to make it. So I um, quit two weeks later, started full-time photography. And uh, three wow. years later, here I am. That's awesome. Can I ask you... What goes on during that moment where you you realize I just can't keep going on doing this? It's living a true life. I mean, uh, again, I've uh, I've been exposed because in my younger days I used to work in hospitals, and you walk around the hospitals and you see those old people, and sometimes some people talk to you, and for some reasons they really want to talk to you and give you advice, <laughs> even though it's unsolicited. <laughs> uh, but again, you take it in, right? And it still leaves a little, a little pebble, like an inception, a pebble in your mm-hmm. mind that keeps stays there. Right. And most people regret doing things that they really wanted to try. Um, and I saw the way my boss was behaving. And I saw all the steps I need to do or what I had to become in order to become him. And I said, I can't do that. This is not me. This is not my personality. I am not living the true version of myself. So I decided it's time to move on and and take the risk. We're okay financially. Uh, Luckily, we're doing okay. I mean, I'm not very worried about the future. I can just put in the effort. And I know my support system and my past decisions will help me, I mean, trek along this path and be okay at it and be good and actually make a living. 
Right. And so you make this jump. How do you, because I, I know a lot of listeners are at this phase right, that you've just described. Maybe things aren't, they can see the trajectory of life and they go, that's not for me. I need to make a change. Maybe it's terrifying. You know, some people are easier or are, are more adept to just jump into new things. Others, it's terrifying. So at this stage, how do you go about generating opportunities for yourself? Because at this stage, you know, when you're just starting out, I mean, unless you have some prior connections, it's, you know, work's not banging on your door, right? You have to go looking. Yeah. Uh, one lucky thing that I've been lucky as a weekend warrior is the ability to create your own work. Um, you don't have to wait for the work to be falling on you. Right. You generate it first, and then maybe you can talk about it to some people. And again, your photography is just a waypoint to having those conversations that will help you move further along. And creating your own work is that first step. I mean, uh, uh, how can I put this nicely? <laughs> you, you could be a sh- call yourself a chef, but if you can't cook a decent meal, like no one will believe you, right? And then you have to first try to see it. And again, our work is very, we see it immediately who has talent, who maybe has less. So creating your own work first and doing these five years of just trying new things, crash testing. You've, there's a lot of shoots that you haven't seen online from me because there's just been a total disaster, but that's because <laughs> I'm building that experience, right? And um, all those good things that I had, those I'm going to refer to maybe JP Morgan. I'm not sure you guys know him. Mm-hmm. Uh, old school mm-hmm. photographer. He has a YouTube channel, pretty big. Um, he says, you need three good shoots in the subject or the genre that you want. The rest is afterwards. It's very easy to build. Uh, if you can demonstrate that you can reproduce the same work three times into three different settings and you can show that you're consistent with what you deliver, people will be interested and then go from there and rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. And every good artist that I know go for their own stuff and try to create their own stuff just because they want, they don't want to rely on necessarily on client work. My client work is super boring, but my creative work is where I have the most fun. And I think those years of just trying new stuff, uh, failing in your own terms, not on someone else's dime, um, proves mm. that you're willing to invest versus uh, like you, you, someone's going to take a risk on you. I, I mean, I don't like to take risks on people that I don't know, especially if they haven't proven themselves. And, and a good portfolio, uh, a good network, uh, talking to a lot of people is what is going to be the first step. Now, of course, there's a lot of steps in between, but I think the first crucial step is create work that people will want to buy first, and then we'll see. I love that. I've never heard that recreate, you know, show that you can demonstrate that you can do really good work three times in a genre and the rest is yeah. easy. That's yeah, awesome. JP Morgan, not mine. JP Morgan, again. Uh, yes, uh, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you curating that quote though. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a good, uh, a, a framework for anyone listening. Uh, and myself, you know, sometimes I've done that by accident. I think if I'm thinking back to certain things or building a portfolio, but if you can, if you're trying to build a portfolio or, or some work and you have a goal to get three different, uh, you know, aspects, looks, different, scenery make that happen then you have a portfolio like you said you shows repetition you can do it again uh you can make it happen under different circumstances it wasn't just a one-off thing uh that's really smart i like that i like that a lot yeah it's awesome so how do you find your way to what you do now which is you know sports brands fitness athletes 
portrait work. Did you experiment with other genres first or did you kind of experiment within those genres and just continually improve? And follow-up question, what drew you to those specific areas of photography that you're doing now? Yeah, um, I, because I think maybe I was like maybe tinted by the music video work I did before. So it was mm-hmm. always human, there's a human element. Uh, music is, has, uh, unless you're doing, a, even a band will have someone or even a DJ will have like, I mean, s- some type of human element. And I think uh, I've always been this way. It matches my personality set that I like uh, the exploration of the human mind. And mm-hmm. to me, it just, it's an excuse, the gateway. I used to be really shy when I was a kid. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily approach people. I would observe them from afar. Uh, and I, th- I found the camera is really introspective as it removes the layers that people, the veneer, because it, some people get really nervous when in front of a lens and that exploration or that, you know, this is just a tool for talking. Uh, I mean, I always say before my, anything that I do, let's say I do a headshot, I, my camera is not in my hands when I'm meeting, greeting the people. Uh, it's in, it's on my table. I talk to you like for five minutes, ten minutes to get to know you, study your behavior, and, uh, and and this is this is the part I really really love is the conversation that we do before. Of course, I love the lighting and the photos and stuff like that. But what really drives me is always what can I learn? What can I get? Uh, again, it's very being very greedy and very selfish. But what can I get from you that's interesting that I can learn? Uh, the, that pebble that you can give, leave in my mind that maybe it's going to be useful in a future moment. Uh, that's really, truly love about portrait photography. So I've always been gravitating towards humans. Uh, I've, I don't think I ever even tried landscape that hard. <laughs> I maybe <laughs> did. <laughs> well, how did you do uh, last week? Oh, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, it just, it just doesn't connect with my brain. For some, I just, it doesn't match with my set. I, uh, I, I understand. I can see talent. I can see it beautiful. But yeah. ask me to spend the energy doing that. It would be out of my. Uh, I, I need to put a human in there to make it more make right. more sense. If it, there's no human element, it's hard for me to gauge the scale of what I'm shooting. So it's hard for me to uh, create a story around it. And I feel like landscape guys can maybe tell a story with how they frame stuff, and I can't do it without a human. So that's the one right. skill set I may need to develop. Uh, being human-less, but again, that's what I'm attracted to, and I think I, I don't. At this point in my career, I still want to be very, 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 very good at what I do first, and then whenever I feel like I'm like super solid, I can start exploring other subjects or even collaborations. It's always fun to like shake mm-hmm. up things and just work with someone else, and maybe that integration that you have with someone else will actually impact your own work, and then you'll be able to let's say frame better or understand. Uh, the the ratios like I mean all the math and the science behind landscape photography let's say yeah it's so funny I was when we were out there in Sedona I felt right at home walking on the red rocks at sunrise and you know imagining the rattlesnakes that are to the left and right of you but then when there's uh you bring out Godox lighting and you know there's models photo, and stuff yeah. I'm like I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I think it's the mindset that's different, right? Because I always try to think that I'm a director, first and foremost. I'm not a photographer. I'm a director. So I try okay. to put the human, uh, I'm trying to direct the scene versus you guys are trying to paint the best light of a scene. Uh, I'm not sure if the nuance is very, I know it's quite small, but 
I'm directing what's happening and you guys are just like capturing what's going on with like uh, the elements that you know. Yeah. Uh, that's the big difference between, I think, landscape and, and portrait photography. Uh, yeah. But that might be why I feel so uncomfortable <laughs> like right. trying to understand the, 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 the immensity of a scene uh, versus uh, saying, okay, uh, place your hand there, move your cheek left, right, or, or uh, look up, look down, stuff like that. That's fairly easy for me. So Right. It's it's funny because with, with wildlife, nature, landscape photography, you got to make something out of what you get. Mm -hmm. Whereas yeah. with what you're doing, you get to sculpt what you want. Yeah. And I love that, that contrast, that yin-yang, and how it just makes sense to some people and how... You know, some maybe you're jack of all trades, and both all these genres make sense to you. For me, I don't know. I, <laughs> I just, yeah. I, I just, I've done portraits in the past, and I can do them, and I think I liked them because they're all natural light. But I just enjoyed them because it allowed me to be endlessly creative. Right? It's where you bring in, and we'll talk about this. All the lighting, light boxes, and stuff like that. Or I think, oh my. God, I'm in over my head. I mean, if and and, and I, I listening to myself say this, I know if I had the passion for it, I would want to learn it, right? So maybe this is a great question to ask now. Do you think that learning, you know, hard lighting and how to light a scene is beneficial for everybody to learn, regardless of what you're doing? Do you think it's useful for landscape photographers, even just to understand how it works? I know maybe I'm unfairly framing this question, but it's your opinion. Do you think it's a waste of time if you're a nature photographer and you only want to be that? What do you think? Not to the extent... So let me take that back. I think learning to light or even learning light behavior is useful for any creative. Uh, I don't care if you're a painter, uh, if you're a landscape photographer, if you're a wildlife photographer. I think understanding light, the way it behaves, the way it hits, the way you can modify it, the way you can control with your camera, with the aperture and the shutter, et cetera, et cetera. I, I think it has so many applications because it's what enables us to see. And imagine not knowing <laughs> how the main source of what we see, how it's behaving as an artist, uh, especially right. as a visual artist. It's, it, to me, it's, it sounds ridiculous. And I want to go back to the, one of the mediums that everyone loves, uh, cinema. I mean, not always there's a human being. I'm just thinking of Dune right now because I'm reading the books. Mm -hmm. And there's some scenes in there that are just, it's just vast. There's no, not a single soul, but it's just the desert frame in such a way. It's delicate. There's like layers of layers of Dune and, and sand. And I mean, it's just gorgeous, but there's not, a, there's not a soul in there. And, but how do you achieve that? It's just knowing lighting, right? It's knowing how to to play with your tools in order to get the results that's in your mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, absolutely. You need, I don't care who you are. If you're a visual artist, learning to light is, I mean, even in 3d, I'm, I'm, I played it a bit with TD with, with blender. Let's say the first thing to show you is like, how do you point that light? Right. Is, is, is one of those basic elements. So yeah, you absolutely need light. There's I have no question. Light is what enables us to see. And if you want to see something, if you want to, Paint it in its best light, whether it's human, landscape, light is what you need in order to move forward. So f taking that further, though, do you think it's important for people to understand, you know, how to use light boxes and oh. how to do that kind of stuff? No, not necessarily. No, no? Uh, it, it, it's context dependent. Uh, even in the world of portrait, there are some people that will never, ever, ever, ever touch a softbox because they're natural life photographers. And they use natural light to its most, most, most efficient, either using the the lens capabilities, 
uh, of uh, uh, of what we're using or using the sensor as a tool to you know to push push or pull the file uh, to its best ability and using this and there's, there's some wonderful uh, I'm thinking here of uh, he's not super well known but I think his name is Daniel Veneer uh, or Venry I, I forgot his last name but amazing uh, natural life photographer and I never seen him well in my experience using a softbox but I look at his work I can recognize it it's mm-hmm. beautifully written the skins are skin tones are great and there's nothing to complain about it's just beautiful so yeah. Right. So how is how is lighting playing a role in what you do specifically? And is there anything you see maybe people who are just beginning like a common mistake when lighting a scene? It plays the way that light I use it in my own work is to shape a story. Um mm. I know it sounds very strange, but I'm I mean we have one frame to try to get your attention or try to make sure you understand what I'm trying to portray. Some light light lighting setups are pretty boring. So let's, let's say a headshot is pretty standard. It's a big soft box, it's very soft light typically. And uh, there's a bit of shadow, there's a bit of fill, a smile, and that's it. But let's say you want to do a portrait that tells a story about um, like struggle or, or um, something maybe more refined. Um, there are some techniques that you can use in order to add that contrast, just adding, let's say, colors or adding gels or anything like that will try to maybe start telling a story by the use of colors. You can really change the story. Mm-hmm. But one of the mistakes I see the most often is um, people want recipes. They don't want principles and principles to me are the biggest drivers of, of progress. Cause if you remember principles, when you're in trouble, you can lie, rely back on them. If you have a recipe and somehow you don't have an ingredient, you're done <laughs> right. unless uh, unless unless you're a very creative and, and very smart person mm-hmm. if you don't have this experience but you can actually come up with a solution having those principles in your head will help you fix a lot of problems and that's what we're professionals right we're, we're trying to find solutions something breaks fix it that uh, they're paying you 150 200 bucks 250 dollars an hour like a like two thousand dollars a day to produce something produce it like find a way right, right. so mm-hmm. that's that's what i think the mistake is is too many recipes and not enough principles wow that's, that's awesome. really interesting stuff um if i could go back to the directing comment um yep. i think that i mean that that hit me as like oh yeah that that's the problem for me uh and i think seth alike um you know we're we are reacting to wildlife or reacting to a scene where even when we're doing our, our product shoots or clothing shoots, we're kind of trying to catch in natural moments, almost as if wildlife, uh, with natural light. And we're, we're cognizant of that, but, uh, the directing part's difficult. I think, you know, we're on a reacting side of it, but to tell someone, Hey, move this way or, or let's redo that scene, but this time smile, like, it gets a little bit that's a that's a completely different job you know uh and i just think that's interesting and my question is with practice you know if i'm thinking about making a song or or writing a song there's lots of mistakes that you may have there's lots of uh uh that's the wrong chord no that's not what i want to do no that as you're becoming a director uh and, and guiding people through these movements and whatnot what's the percent of like or maybe I should say, how much in your head do you know uh, this movement of the chin is what I need exactly? Or 
are, is it more like, let's try this and I might be wrong and we have to try a different thing? Yeah, uh, it's a luxury that we have that um, we're in the digital age. Uh, mm-hmm. If it wasn't a film, I would have <laughs> maybe changed my tune a bit. Um, I, I think that we have the privilege of having digital and it doesn't, I, I'm, what, I, what I felt when I first started like trying to direct the scene, even watching my friend doing it, was done enough to um, have uh, the, the the guts or maybe the the the, uh, the the not the courage but the experience and the, the know how or the confidence to approach a subject and tell them, hey this is not working let's do that instead right um, it takes practice as you mentioned to mm-hmm. try to get there and you get more comfortable the more and more you do it because at the end of the day you're getting paid to do results and somehow some ways I believe the subject deeper in his heart, unless he's, he's really a tough, tough subject, they know you want to get the best results. You, you're doing the best job possible to get the best leg possible for the best result possible. And again, I'm going to go back to painting the best picture as possible. And the best picture, it just move your chin a bit, do this, do that, right? It's going to help you. Just these small increments will help you get there. And I think by practice, you're going to reduce that anxiety that you have, mm-hmm. or maybe offending someone, or maybe telling him, Oh, this might not work because honestly, I sometimes tell them, okay, let's try this. Let's let, just move your thing a bit. Let's try it. And then I, I take a picture. Okay, it doesn't make sense. Let's move on. Uh, and the experimentation or it, is part of the tango, right? It's, it's, it's not always going to hit. And the subject doesn't see what you're seeing. <laughs> honestly, it doesn't mm-hmm. have a monitor like looking at him saying, oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Like you can relate your experience saying, I studied that facial shape. I know about the way that this usually goes so I can, you can overlay your experience and then nail it. But most of the time you have to try some new things, especially when it gets to creative stuff. Mm-hmm. Some stuff is way more standard. Let's say uh, like a, an example, what I'm saying to, uh, I, I do a lot of runners. This is going to usually going to work out better, but sometimes it doesn't work at all because the way that they behave, the way they move and I say, okay, let's scrap that and let's move on to something else. Right. So it's just a matter of trying and, I think there's an understanding between the subject and the director or photographer or whatever that you're trying to do the best job possible. And within that job is to try new things. And if you're curious, if you want to know more, this is just a bonus point. Uh, look at behind the scenes uh, of movies mm-hmm. and you'll see that the, the directors will, will uh, sometimes they'll ad lib some stuff and then they'll leave it in the movie because it was so great. I'm um, thinking here the Joker where the, um, I forgot, Joachim Phoenix was trying all sorts of new things and, and he was dancing. He was losing his mind. He fell sometimes and the, the director loved it. He left it in. So these outtakes or these things that you're trying, maybe the actual end result that you're getting. So try it. Yeah, that's true. And I, I think probably with more and more practice and more and more experience, the idea of saying like, hey, try this smile and then it doesn't work. You lose the, I would have this feeling that I'm wasting time. I'm wasting mm-hmm. the person's time. Uh, they don't think I know what I'm doing because I just asked them to do something that was completely wrong. And now I'm asking, hey, don't smile now. That's that's not That was bad. Frown. Let's frown. Like, let's let's go a different direction. Um, I think in my head, I would have that voice that's like, "Oh, you don't. You, they know you don't know what you're doing because you're you're like all over the place with like, let's try this, let's try that." But maybe as you do it, that just becomes part of the par for the course. You know, like this is the session. It takes time. We're trying to find all the things, and with uh, experimentation, we're gonna we might find gold. Yeah, and I think. Uh, from what I hear from you saying is maybe approachable curiosity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're explorers, right? Even like even if I look at you, both of your work is just going out there and trying 
to find something. And you, this process of uh, telling the person, do this, do that, is just an exploration. So it's not any different. It's just in a smaller scale. And it's impact someone else that can give you immediate feedback. Uh, in your world, let's say wildlife, uh, if I look at Seth, uh, the the if you make sounds if you make noise then they're gonna be either startled mm-hmm. they're gonna run away and that's the that's the negative maybe feedback that you get or smell and, uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> Do you know Definitely you're a hunter right you just started hunting this year right yeah exactly yeah so the, know. The, these things are really important uh, these are negative feedbacks but I don't think it's our world the or the human world is that sensitive to that and with the approach of curiosity saying we're just exploring we're just trying new things. It shows that you're willing to take risks and sometimes they pay off. And I think people like the fact that you're not like cookie cutters from my feedback. Again, somebody yeah. might hate me out there for that, but uh, I haven't had that feedback yet. So uh, no, that's a very freeing word, curiosity, like come from mm-hmm, a place yeah. of curiosity. It's, it's yeah. completely freeing instead of like, it has to be perfect or you can't mess up or they're thinking that you're messing up. You're curious. Let's try this. Let's try this. You know, uh, Steven Spielberg um, is famous for just going for one, two takes. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, right? So, he, uh, I mean, there's there's people out there with the creative geniuses that are doing fantastic things that are just exploring things and trying new things. And uh, you can see it from uh, musicians is a good example, right? Like you, I see a lot of uh, equipment behind you, right? They they try yeah. new genres. They, uh, I, I, they try new things and... Sometimes it doesn't work, but sometimes it's it's a massive hit, and they're even surprised about how much they got out of it. Of course, they're really solid on their base, so I would suggest just me being very, very solid in what you do first. Mm-hmm. But if you want to explore, nobody cares if if you're not doing it right. Just be curious, try it out. Doesn't work? That's okay. Move on. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah, I think curiosity, uh, even outside of photography, leads to leads to a fulfilling life because you discover so many cool things. You know. Even you told me you just started, you know, you picked up hunting for the first time this year. Yeah. You ran two half marathons and you're training for a full marathon while you have baby number two on the way. Maybe yeah. you're clinically insane. I don't know, but. <laughs> I have a great wife. Yeah, <laughs> curiosity, my point <laughs> is curi- curiosity leads to so Adventures. many, I think yeah. just an interesting life in general. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to simplify it as that. And I'm curious. I did that by accident. I said that by accident there. Um, You know, maybe how curiosity has served you well or not well outside of photography, just in in your life in general. Yeah. um, I mean, my track record as as a person has been just um, trying new things. I mean, I I look at people. um, I mean, he's uh, he's polarizing, but I look at someone like Joe Rogan, who's Mm -hmm. just... I mean, he's he the best at anything? No, he's just excessively curious. And that's why people like him because he has a wide range of people from the scientific world to some, some knucklehead MMA guys to, uh, so, to uh, I mean, to comedians, to uh, philosophers, to uh, religious leaders, to anyone that can he'll talk to, right? And that's, mm-hmm. and that's what makes him interesting is the curiosity. And as you said, uh, I mean, imagine you're living a life unless you really love it. And again, I, I just want to be disclaimed that if you love something truly, truly, and then you're just really passionate about it, that's the only thing you want to live, you won. <laughs> like, I mean, right. you hit the lottery. Like, no, no one can tell you otherwise. But if you always felt that there's something lacking, something missing, and you have your 
ground covered, your bases are covered, you can live or you can earn, you can live. Uh, no one's hunting after you, no one's running after you for some things. You're, you're doing your, your uh, I like the word discipline equals freedom, right? The, the basic discipline is there mm-hmm. and the rest you can just maybe search for it. Uh, you can try new things. That's why I picked up running this year because um, I want to explore that, right? It just, it's, my health has improved. Uh, my, just my resting heart rate has decreased by 15 points just this year mm-hmm. by wow. trying a thing that uh, I hated. I really, yep. really hated. Yeah. I hated running. It's the but worst. Then, you speak yeah, my language, it, man. It's the worst, but then I but started But then it running. turns into the best. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, and sometimes it is the worst. After, running, right, after this interview, it's like 9.30 right now. I have to go run outside <laughs> and, yeah, and do a 10K, it. but wow. I don't feel like doing it. But then as soon as I'm, I'm, I'm hitting the road, it's the best. It's the best thing that happened, right? Mm-hmm. So it's uh, those things that will teach you lessons. It's so awesome too. I mean, Aaron, we've talked about maybe, you know, at one point going through some of our favorite, curating some of our favorite quotes, um, even said one. And I'm curious to know where you heard it, that discipline equals freedom, because I want to know if we heard it from the same place. But one of my other favorite ones is you heal the mind with the body. People forget that often anxiety, stress, all those things can be ameliorated by just moving your body, like aerobic exercise. This whole separation of mind-body to me is kind of insane. It's, It's one interconnected thing and uh that just made me think of that you know when you said my resting heart rate's gone down i have energy you know it's 10 o'clock at night i'm gonna run 10k i'm sure you didn't feel energized before you started you know moving no no the um it's also i mean i might sound like super settled and stuff like that but i still have my doubts about some things right i'm still of course we all do right yeah we all have anxieties we all have our issues and i'm i'm far from the one that says i know everything but i know that when i come back from a run i come back from a workout i for some reasons just spending that energy on something else makes Mm -hmm. my problems feel that much smaller and i could i could feel like i can I can really fight it. I can fight whatever is going on, right. all the challenges, all the issues. Because as a creative, you'll face them. Uh, you'll you'll see someone else that's like really talented. You're like what? The, what? What am I doing wrong? Like, am, am I am I a hack <laughs> or like why is this guy so good? And I'm like so I feel like average. Uh, but then I go for a run, come back. My mind is clear. He's not good. He's not better than me. He just has more experience, right? He has more more of these adventures more of these things and I just need to put on the work and and mm-hmm. shop on shop on the work on my back and just carry mm-hmm. carry that weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so, there's so much room in the world for uh people that are willing to work hard, you know? And everyone has different talents, everyone has different uh, this musician's better than that musician. It's kind of opinion. So the the photographer you're looking up to or the content creation everyone that's listening to this is looking up to and saying, you know, that's so much better than what I'm doing. There might be hundreds, thousands of people that are saying the opposite out there and looking at your stuff, comparing to someone else's or their own and saying, wow, that like, that's so much better. So I think it, it, it is a gradual grind and a gradual, um, you know, staying with it. And as they say, comparison's the thief of joy. So if you're comparing too much to, the external outside world uh and it's it's 
giving you doubt or whatnot. It takes away from the process, and the process is the the running, you know, 10k right now uh, at at 10 p.m. Like that's the process. Uh, is it going to be your best time that? you're ever going to get is it going to be the world record for a 10k no but if you keep doing that instead of saying like oh it's late uh i'm never going to beat that time i'm gonna go to bed early forget about it you know that's when that's when you start to drift from the pack so i I think the the process is the key and and being careful with that sort of comparison and and clearing your mind is a a great recipe for that Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. awesome and on this topic so Straight on your website, it says you like to tell you like to tell stories of struggle, hard work, and passion. So my question to you is, why is that important for you to document those things, and why is it important for people to understand and see that? It might be um, documenting your life or documenting someone else's moment. It might be a nugget. Uh, my uh, grandmother passed away like a long time ago. Uh, she had dementia, and I never feared that I had it. Again, I'm too young to know, but uh, I always had this tingling sensation that, I mean, some people will be forgotten, right? Uh, Or you'll be forgotten. Um, And maybe that's why we have kids. Um, Maybe that's part of it, right? I'm not exactly sure. Uh, But I don't like to live in a place of fear. I I can do something about it. And Mm -hmm. I have the curiosity and the talent to, to fight this, uh, this thing, I've seen too many cases of people that, uh, I mean, I have no memories. My mother passed away in 2014. I barely have any photos with her, right? It's, I, and I wanted to show up my daughter saying, ah, oh, this is my mom, but I have barely anything. And uh, documenting some aspect of your life, it doesn't have to be public, not to be a YouTube personality that who cares about that. What you want to do is you want to impact your own little world uh, by looking at things 15 years ago, it's like, man, I, I, I let's an example. If I drifted from my path of running and I, I become like lazy and, and stuff like that, and I look back at pictures of me doing a half marathon and like chipping 15 minutes away from my PR, like to, in the same year, mm-hmm. that's that that was me that's the same person that i was just maybe like a little older but i can still do the same thing by putting effort and maybe it's just a reminder of who i used to be right and maybe that's going to project me or project my daughter saying hey i i come from this person and he's he did wonderful things even though he didn't have to and maybe that's going to inspire someone else like who knows where what effect you're going to have on the world by just documenting these things and sharing it with people that's mm-hmm. why i share all my setups uh, maybe I'm going to create the next monster <laughs> by just sharing what I know. And then he's going to inspire me and then we can maybe like bounce around and mm-hmm. grow from there. And I've, by sharing my work, by sharing everything that I do, that's where I had the most growth. Cause I'm not scared of people imitating me. Cause I know for a fact that most people will not put in the effort. And that's why I'm documenting my sets. Uh, so I can go back to it and say, Man, yeah, you did this. Right. Uh, and the moments of doubt, you did this. It, it was not, it's not anyone else. It's just you set up the lights, you set up the camera, you booked the subject, you have your studio, it, you took hours out of your day of your daughter's time just to do this. You can do it again. There's mm-hmm. no problem. And that's what's so important. I think when you're able to either look back in your own mind or physically at a photo and you're able to see that you were able to create or accomplish said thing simply by working hard at it, getting a little bit better at it each day. It 
allows you when you hit resistance at when you when you reach resistance at something in the future you can go back and say i've been here before yeah Mm -hmm. i i know i know what's needed in this moment to to push through and i mean that's why i love that's why i love running so much i know people are tired of it but it's so pure you put your shoes on that's a battle in itself i'm gonna tie my shoes and i gotta go pound pavement for an hour especially in canada especially in canada where it's minus 30 like <laughs> that in itself is a battle and then you'd finish it and then you see the rewards of that in your health and it's just so pure because effort equals improvement and then when you reach resistance with a photo client or a relationship or name anything you say i've been here before i know what i need to do i need to put my shoes on i need to just do it Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to just do it. Yeah, uh, there's a stoic principle. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. Seth. No, go ahead. Uh, stoic principle saying the path is the way. There's, there's 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 no way to beat around it. There's no you have to go forward. That's the only thing you can do is the path is the way. Is is just move along. That's it. Yeah, and the the Ryan Holiday book, the obstacle yeah. is the way. Uh, the obstacle is the way. Sorry, yeah, thank you. That too, me. but I, I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not changing the quote. It might be yeah. a different quote, but like usually the the hard the hardship is the way. Yeah, you know, to to that other side. And what did I say? The magic's on the other side of like all that work. You know, it 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 really it really does in so many reasons. I recently heard something too. You know, you, you can think of a pro athlete, and you can be like, oh, all right, a, a pro football player uh they are working out every day they are you know ice bath sauna uh running their patterns stretching calisthenics weightlifting they their their profession is the sport and everything that goes along with it nutrition what have you if you want to say if you honestly want to look in the mirror and say i want to be a professional photographer people just think of that as like getting paid for it but what is the day-to-day of a professional Good question. Yeah. So if you say like, oh, I get what a, I get what Tiger Woods did. I get what he did. I, I can look up that pattern for every day and what the success was. And if I want to be a professional photographer, what's the what's the parallel to that? Uh, Am I waking up at four and doing what? Am I waking up at five and doing what? Am I, uh, how many YouTube things am I studying? How many new skills am I learning? How many clients have I reached out to day after day after day versus just saying, I want to be pro? Yeah. It's the, uh, I think it goes back to documentation process, right? Mm -hmm. That the career of Tiger Woods has been exposed many, many, many times. We see day in, day out the life of, NFL. Now we have shows talking about the wives of NFL players. That's how bad it is. <laughs> so going back to like uh, documenting how, how to be a pro photographer, I think we haven't made an effort enough to share what we do. Right? It just we show show the veneer, uh, all the glamorous side of it. Going to Sedona for a trip uh, and going to the desert, which is awesome. And mm-hmm. but we haven't shared the struggles behind getting to that point because it. Great it's point. a lot of work that we have to put in in order to reach that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think documenting what we do every single day is part of the what a part of interesting. It's it's boring, it's tedious. Like you said, calling clients left and right, networking, putting out your work online. Uh, like, I mean, getting comments on people that are really negative, um, like the self doubt. All these things are really 
they drive the show. But and I, th- I think these athletes also, like, I mean, you can see, right, that they get super emotional when they win the cup because <laughs> we we saw all these moments, right? But we don't get no cups. <laughs> we get, yeah. I mean, we get a good year, we get a bad year, we get this project, we maybe win an award. That's pretty much it. So uh, that, And what we do is also very public because we can see the results of our work very quickly. Uh, it takes maybe like five seconds to find your, our name and uh, what we do. So yeah, it's an interesting point to bring in the Aaron to like, uh, why don't people know what we do exactly? They, we take pretty pictures. That's not it. <laughs> that is, that is, uh, maybe 5% of my work. I think. Yeah. What's your sure. five? Uh, accounting, <laughs> marketing, uh, storing files, editing, Uh, social media i do I, i do a bit of youtube also so that's that that's the stuff that people don't see right as the me creating images is a it's a sliver of my time and i'm guilty of that that should be like maybe 10 15 that would be like a a good generator of more more maybe more clients right but mm-hmm. that's the time that i have mm-hmm. so every time you're doing one of these actions whether you're whether you're properly storing files or you're watching a YouTube video to educate yourself or you're posting behind the scene behind the scenes video on your socials does the thought pop into your head of what am I trying to accomplish with this specific task and if so what is what is your answer to that self question in the grand scheme of things yeah i see Everything that I do, uh, I'll use YouTube as a good example because um, to me, it's the one that I have the most intent with. But because of my time limitations, I have the least effort to put in. I saw YouTube as a way to improve my communication skills and to master video. Um, by We're visual artists and we get judged very quickly about the quality of our visuals. And also as communicators, and I don't care who you are, you need communication skills. Uh, to me, this is like a baseline. If you can't talk properly, if you can't express your ideas in a clear and concise manner, you're dead in the water. Uh, you could be the best in the world, but no one will really care about you because it's impossible to have a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. And these are all the things that, let's say, posting a YouTube video will do because I'm exposing myself. All the weaknesses that I have are online for the entire world to see. Maybe it's a small portion that's going to watch it, That's cool. I don't mind it. But I use those things in order to make sure I'm pushing myself forward. Uh, maybe I said it before, but I post those behind the scenes because I don't mind if people copy me. Uh, again, I know for a fact that people will not do the work to get there. So am I bothered? And there's only, I'm competing with like a very small portion of the population. Even in our world, there's not that many people who will try to do the same thing because it's terrifying. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of work. And uh, I know for a fact that people are lazy and I'm talking only to a sliver of the population that will put in the work to maybe get the same results as me. So that's, that's why I do it out there because I want to compete with the best of the best. Maybe that's the intent I have in general when I post. So you're competitive stuff. by nature. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 like I it. won't say, it, I won't say publicly. I won't, I, I'm not publicly. I won't, let's say that it's close to my friends say I'm competing with you, right. but I do like seeing mm-hmm. people that are worth doing so, so much better. So that's, that's a big driving force into my, and to how I see things, not, and I see right. competition as a positive thing. I yeah. mean, as men, we do it naturally. Like we, we tussle, hustle, like we, 
we see how people are doing, say, oh, maybe I could use that, right? Because it's going to help me. We're scheming a bit, but it helps us move forward. So com- mm-hmm. competitive to me is just a source of energy. I can use it to like maybe propel myself further uh, mm-hmm. versus try to push someone else down. That's yeah, I mean, competition is great when it's not malicious, when you're using it to light a fire under yourself. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, why not? Yeah. Use it as a tool. I love that. Yeah, it's, all, it's all internal. Right. And keeping an inner scorecard too. I mean, it's great to look externally and, and think, wow, that person's really doing awesome things. I got to pull up my boots and, and do something like that because I'm inspired by it. And it's also important to keep that internal scorecard of, wow, I'm way further than I was yesterday, last week, last month, six months ago, two years ago. It's so important. It's so important because, you know, progress is fulfillment as well. Yeah. That's awesome. If I could ask a question, because I think this you're the third guest that has said they had a, a child and then quit their yeah, secure job and, and gave up. Just have a kid. All, yeah. For all those people who are afraid to make the jump, just have a child. Because everything's terrifying I, at once. <laughs> I know, but I, I got I to gotta say, um, as, as maybe a bit more conservative, I, I think my mindset would be a little bit more of the opposite in that time frame. I, I have a son. He's, he's eight years old at this point. But just thinking back to that time, like that would, to me, that would be the, the wrong time uh, to quit my school employed job. You know, like that, that's safe. I got a paycheck coming. I know what I'm, I'm in for. I know what we're making this year. I know what, you know, health insurance is. Uh, if I were to do it, I think like to me, oh man, in your twenties, if you, if you could make that jump and figure it out, you're, you're golden. But it's interesting that, um, I'm, I'm guessing you're in your thirties. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing like a lot of people get to their thirties, maybe, maybe they, maybe they just go with the system for a while and they get mature enough or confident enough to say, no, this isn't for me. Uh, despite having a kid, like whatever the situation is, I I know I can do it or, but I'm just curious like that. I mean, we, we've seen that pattern before on here where uh, I think you're the third guest that like just had a kid and then quit their safe job. Uh, what, the mindset going into that was and you know how'd you get on that track of accounting i think we all know the answer of like the just you're you're on the conveyor belt of of life but where's that moment where you're like uh, safe or not safe like i have to i have to do this i think the my move from being a cpa or an accountant to become a photographer Although it sounded risky, honestly, it wasn't for a couple of things. Uh, I made good decisions in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have things that, that backs me up. I, I have an awesome, awesome wife. Uh, we've been together for now for 20, it's going to be 20 years I've been together. Although I'm in my 30s, late 30s actually. So that's also a tremendous help. But I think it comes from a place of truth and honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to look at my daughter and I don't want to have the memory of my mother that sacrificed a whole lot for coming from where she came from, uh, make it to Canada, just so I can live like a normal life. It, I, I would be dishonest with myself if I just left that impression. It's a safe path pattern. She made those sacrifices. I'm pretty sure she wanted other things in life, but she made that sacrifice for us. And I just feel like I would dishonor her memory if I didn't try to trampoline out of this and show my daughter that with effort and with 
grit and biting your teeth and and I mean, there's all these emotions that you will feel turn them into energy and do something about it right mm-hmm. you can do i don't think you can do whatever you want that's that i think that's a lie but i can pretty much damn sure you can do a lot of things if you put your mind to it so that it comes from a place of just being honest with myself and what i want out of this 85 years maybe i have in this life yeah Seth and I talk about alignment all the time, being in alignment uh, with with who you are, what you're believing in, the, the talk that you talk and the walk that you walk uh, and the feelings that you feel. And if any of those are out of alignment, I, f- uh, I truly believe that's where anxiety comes in, depression, stress, because you're just you're living a life that you're not either thrilled with or you don't believe in or you, you just it, it doesn't fit and it doesn't work well, you know? So I'm, I'm totally with you. You know, being honest with yourself is really important in that first step of, of anything of, we talk about the why, you know, the why for many things. Why do we love photography? Why do we want to pursue clients? Why do we want to learn videography? Why do we want to do anything day to day? Why do we want to go run 10k tonight uh understanding Don't. that and then <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and by why do we want to run 10k tonight let's be clear that i am not i'm not doing that tonight you guys can i'm, I'm good for tonight <laughs> yeah I, I have to i have a marathon coming up so I, if i don't build my volume now i'll regret it in like mm, six months <laughs> i'll be yeah I'll be there miserable, you go so. no yeah. you're running we're gonna kick you off at 10 just to go no, run no worries and you're gonna send us your uh your garmin results you're not slacking either not much i'll sell you my strava it's gonna be up to date all right good 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 um but yeah no being in alignment you know to put a bow on it uh i, I think is one of the keys to life yeah mm-hmm. and if we can if we can wrap up so that you can go do your you if can. you have more, I have. Uh, you can. I can. I do have fifteen more, so don't worry about it. We started late anyway, so yeah, yeah, it's okay. Um, first of all, when when is how far out are you training for your marathon? Uh, I'm doing a full marathon in May. Uh, I think I'm going to keep it local um, because uh, again, I have a baby coming up in the so way. You're Twenty so. weeks out, right? Yeah, the number of weeks will be a rough math in my head, but yeah, about uh, it's going to be May eighth, uh, May fifteenth, and May eighth. See, That's we're talking about because uh, I have I have my first one in May as well. I'm not trying to make okay. this about me, but to our point <laughs> earlier, we're talking about seeing what that guy's doing. Like you're lighting because I'm not supposed to start my training until January, middle yeah. of January, and here you are starting an extra month before me. So I'm like, shit, I got to get outside. Where are my running shoes? Everyone call in. We're taking bets right here. We're taking bets. Okay. The May marathon. Who's going to have a better time? <laughs> Oof. Call it in. <laughs> call it in. The problem is I don't even know what Seth's time is for the It doesn't matter. It doesn't my matter. half? My, oh, where's my PB? You, you got to do your best for yourself. It's like yeah. golf. It's an individual game. And that's, that's the, I think that's the bridge between running and photography is... There are demons out there that run, that literally sprint to the finish on a marathon. You see them, like Eli Kipchoge, Kevin Kempton, they're they're animals, right? I can never hope in a million years to be as good as them. It will never happen. I am not built for it. I don't have the right genetics. Uh, Nothing is going my way, but I can run. I can try. I can try to improve to go to the furthest right. I can, and then and this is it. This is what I have, yeah. Right. And this bringing me far enough that I look at my stats, and I' not a very good runner, but I'm faster than I would say ninety five percent of the people out there. So, damn, hey. I'm worried, Aaron. 
My peace. No, no, they compare yourself to whomever's out there, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're better because you're doing it. That's it. Yeah. Right? My half PB was a 144. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be tight. Like, okay, I got this. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be tight. My, my like, half PB is 139. Oh. <laughs> Seth is fired up. Seth's going for a run in 15 minutes. <laughs> Training starts early. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome! Congratulations, thank you. All right, that's uh, that'll be it for me, Mike. <laughs> Just kidding. No, but uh, if we can end with this, um, what's a piece of advice you would give your younger photographer self, just starting out, knowing what you know now? Honestly, I, I think the only thing advice I would give myself, maybe looking back, is create more and show it more earlier don't wait there's no point in waiting just don't be confident and go out there i still have this uh stigma about that there's a lot of stuff i don't post very often nowadays just because i i don't feel the confidence uh to show some stuff that i'm trying and it's not quite working the way i want to or it's not the exact same results that i was hoping to get uh, so the same advice I would give myself back then is the same that would apply to me now. Just show your work, get out there, try stuff, fail, fail hard, fail fast, and and move on. It's the only way we can move forward, or else people are gonna catch up, and you'll be left behind. Even thanks so much, man. Thanks so much for your time today. Links to all his uh, socials will be in the episode description, and uh, we appreciate your time today, man. Thank you guys for having Great. me. It's been a real, real pleasure. Great meeting you. <laughs>